I'm Ryan Kelly, and on this episode of the Boater Coach Channel, we're here with Glenn Every. He is the president and a director of Bus for NYC Coalition, Inc., which is a New York City-based advocacy group of private bus company owners and related businesses and associations who are dedicated to raising the bus industry's profile through sustained education and public awareness campaigns and promoting the growth and safety of the private bus industry in the NYC area. Uh, Glenn is also the president of TTI, which is Taunchy Transit, Inc., a motor coach and school bus transportation company located in the Mid-Hudson Valley region of New York State, where he has worked since 1999. Prior to becoming an operator in the transportation industry, he was a corporate and business attorney in New York and Washington, D.C. Mr. Avery serves on the board of the United Motor Coach Association and is vice chair of its legal and regulatory committee. He's also a director of the Bus Association of New York and was recently appointed to the NYC Bar Association Transportation Law Committee. Thanks, Glenn, for being with us today. Oh, thank you, Ryan. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the motor coach industry. Let's talk about uh, Bus for NYC. You guys formed in March of 2019. So, so what was the what were some of the reasons why you formed Bus for NYC? Well, we had, um, you know, for anyone who's, uh, you know, sent the bus into New York City, um, it can sometimes be a very hostile environment. Uh, we, we felt that there was a, a real rising anti-bus sentiment, um, really, I think, due to a lack of, you know, education on the benefits of, of you know, the, the benefits of what, you know, motor coaches brought into the city as far as economics, as far as uh, mitigating congestion, things like that. So uh, a group of operators uh, got together, formed, uh, formed a coalition, um, really to have one voice in dealing with uh, government officials, law enforcement officials, and uh, really the general public out there, uh, again, to, to educate about what the benefits were for motor coaches coming in. So that's that's really uh, the, the genesis of, of how we got started. Um, also, at that point in time, congestion pricing was uh, at at the forefront, and uh, we were as a you know as a group of operators were concerned that uh, we may be overlooked in the whole process. So we wanted to have a voice in that as well. Now that's uh, been moving through. Where are we with that topic? Um, we are, we, the, the, the powers that be just, um, accepted the environmental assessment. So we're in the review period for the final, um, uh, environmental assessment. Um, just not to get too far into the weeds, but the, you know, the other alternative was a full environmental impact statement. Um, but, uh, the people in Washington, uh, came up with a decision that that was not necessary, that an environmental assessment was sufficient to uh, review the program. So that came out on May 12th, I believe, and the review period expires on June 12th. And after that, uh, John O'Lieber from the MTA uh, has said that he is going to start moving forward with the infrastructure um, to, you know, toll vehicles going into the central business district in uh, in new york so congestion pricing means that during peak times uh people going in and out of the city are going to 
be have to pay tolls. So that that includes motor coaches. Uh, it, uh, yes and no. Um, it's 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 more than peak times. I think uh, that you know the highest pricing will be during peak times. But I, I I believe there will be tolling at any time someone goes into the central business district, which is uh, the island of Manhattan below 60th Street, roughly. So anyone going going into there would be uh, you know subject to the tolling scheme. Um, it is not. It has not yet to be determined what uh, the motor coach industry, particularly private motor coaches, will have to pay for that. Um, we uh, have you know, certainly lobbied uh, you know, to be treated the same as transit and, and public buses. Uh, like in London and Singapore, that's, you know, that's how the situation is handled there. And we feel that we should be on par with them. Or, you know, why should our our passengers have to pay more uh, just because they're arriving, you know, riding on a, a, public, or a privately held bus. So let's, let's, so basically right now the MTA, which we know is just, it needs billions and billions of dollars to clean up the, you know, their, their, the subway infrastructure needs to be rebuilt. Uh, they, it's just, a, they, it's not a profit making industry. So they have come up with a plan to, really uh, just tax people coming in and out of the city to raise funding to cover public transit in, in the New York area, New York City area? That's that's primarily what the, the funding will be for is uh, for the MTA and, uh, you know, and their and their budget needs. Um, this is, you know, this is also an area that that we at Bus for NYC have, you know, been tr have, have tried to be active in. We also want to have, you know, see some kind of parity, see some kind of benefit to the privately held bus companies um, in the way of, you know, infrastructure changes that take place under the program. So, uh, you know, we, we feel that, you know, we're again, we're providing the same service. We're moving the same general public um, and we should benefit, uh, you know, in in some way from this as far as infrastructure goes you know for example uh let's take you know dedicated bus lanes uh in the city um you know we feel that uh, private buses should you know have uh, just as much access equal access as uh, you know transit buses and, and that makes complete sense because from uh, you know that all the states that come into new york you've got like Transbridge just coming in from pennsylvania Academy, uh, Best Bus. I mean, there's there's a bunch of them. A lot of them are doing daily commuter runs, bringing people in to work. Hampton Chitney. Mm -hmm. I mean, from yeah. you know that's, and so they're basically doing the same thing as transit, um, and should really have uh, access to the same rules and guidelines and not have to pay a toll if they're actually reducing congestion by bringing group travel into the city. Correct. That's correct. Yeah, and that you know, and that is a main thrust of what we what we are trying to accomplish at Buster NYC. And when we look at the science of it right now, uh, you know, this, this clean diesel technology in these buses is still the best uh, at, from what we are right now. So when you take 55 people off the road, you put them in a bus that has clean diesel technology, you're removing all that congestion uh, in the city, and uh, you're moving people in and out. Uh, really, uh, this date and time in 2023 with the most efficient, environmentally friendly way of doing things with private sector companies that are reinvesting in the New York community as taxpayers, correct? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Um, if you look at, if you compare motor coaches to, you know, other uh, modes of, of travel, uh, motor coaches are, are far more efficient on a uh, passenger mile per gallon. They're more efficient than rail, airlines, and certainly single occupant, you know, cars. And then if you look at the, you know, I, sometimes I think that, uh, you know, a government try, is trying to do things, but they don't understand the economic impact that motor coaches bring to the city on a daily basis. I mean, if we look at this data provided by the ABA Foundation, we're looking, you know, nine and a half billion dollars of economic impact every year. We're looking at 70,000 jobs and almost uh, $4 billion in wages that are a direct impact of buses coming in and out of the city every day. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen some of those statistics from the ABA and, and, uh, you know, just looking at it from a practical point of view, I know when we, you know, when we take a charter bus of, let's say, a, you know, a charter group of senior citizens in for a, a Broadway, a Broadway show, uh, that brings, you know, a busload of revenue in there. Those, you know, those people, they're going to get out, they're going to have, uh, they're going to have dinner someplace. Uh, they're going to, you know, walk around, probably buy at least a souvenir, something like that, as well as, you know, see the play. And that is a nice little piece of revenue that, that every single bus is bringing into the city. And that's, you know, that's on the charter side. That's not the commuter side. Uh, and, the, you know, if you look on the commuter side, that's, you know, it's just an essential service that's, that's being provided. You know, and I think when you look at the commuter side, um, and I don't see the data here, I don't think it's been, you know, analyzed this way. Uh, let's think about the discretionary income that stays in the passenger's pocket because they're not having to pay parking every day and fuel, right? So if I'm riding in from Southampton every day on Hampton Jitney, I'm saving a fortune in travel costs going back and forth to the city that I pass along in the local community as I go out as a consumer and spend this money. Um, also, I, I don't think that people understand that, you know, we're moving, you know, some very, all these people are, are generating revenue when they go in the city, right? So they're going in the city to work. So they're, they're, they're getting a wage. Uh, so, so I, I, you know, an efficient wage in an environmentally friendly manner that brings more disposable income at the end of the day. I mean, so if you look at it from the consumer side, or I mean that the, uh, the uh, commuter side, uh, there's there's a lot of economic benefits there too. Yeah, yep, agreed. So what do we need to do? You know, I, we we have bus for NYC Coalition. We know we have some issues we need to address. We know we're pretty far along in the process, um, but there's thousands of bus, you know, especially summertime now. You know. Uh, how can people who are maybe not directly related, uh, you know, who are in, or say, bus company in Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, et cetera, um, how do they get involved to help you? Because they're, they're still, you know, bringing thousands of buses into the city every year uh, from all over the country. How, how do they help you, Glenn? Well, um, I think being aware of, of what we're doing is, is a big help and uh, giving us support. We have, um, Ryan, we... Uh, as everyone else uh, in this industry, uh, we were hit pretty hard by COVID, um, and it uh, New York City in particular was very locked down. Uh, but we, you know, we managed to, you know, make ourselves be heard wherever and whenever we could to, to you know, to keep the issues, uh, you know, alive and addressed. Um, 
So, you know, I think the, the, the best way people can be aware is, is to be aware or help us is to be aware of what we're doing. Um, and we will be coming out in the, in the not so distant future with some seminars and, you know, other events that, that uh, I, I think people will like to participate in. Um, for instance, we have coming up in the end of June, we're doing a joint seminar with the New York City Bar Association uh, that's entitled uh, Buses in the City, the Future of the Motor Coach Industry. Um, I will be, uh, I'll be one of the moderators there and I'm going to be moderating uh, a panel of, of experts and we're going to be talking about the curb of the future. Um, there is uh, nothing you know, the real estate in, in New York City, uh, some of the most precious parts of real estate in New York City are along the curbside. Uh, you've got all kinds of people vying for those spaces at different times, trucks, you know, other delivery vehicles, bicycles, uh, you name it. And then, you know, a motor coach has to come in and uh, maybe discharge some passengers. So, there is a, a lot of attention needs to be paid attention to how exactly that's going to all work. And I guess we also need to understand that this is basically could go elsewhere. So if, if, uh, you know, if, if New York takes the model and, you know, LA's next and then Atlanta and then Chicago. So, you know, this uh, could, could spread uh, in other places throughout the country. Absolutely. We are, I have been contacted uh, by people in Chicago, I, th I think it's coming there. Um, you know, it's in other other parts. You know, other countries uh, in the world: um, Singapore, London, Scandinavia. So, yeah, it's it's coming. I think uh, coming to a city near you. Well, we we uh, we appreciate you uh, volunteering to spearhead this thing with a you know with a bunch of other concerned bus operators in the area. Uh, we, we understand the motor coach industry is, uh, creates a lot of economic impact and um, uh, jobs in, in New York City and, and the surrounding communities. Uh, and we also understand that the private motor coach uh, commuter services uh, around the area bring thousands of people into the city every day and, uh, and do help mitigate congestion uh, and, and also reinvest in the uh, economy as taxpayers, which is one thing that transit doesn't do. So, uh, Glenn, we appreciate your efforts. Um, if, if people wanted to reach out and contact you to get involved or send a letter or provide support, how, how would they do that? Um, go to our website. It is bus, the, the number four, nyc.org. And uh, there will be a way to, to contact us through that. Once again, Glenn, thanks for your efforts. We're here with Glenn Every. He is the president and director of Bus for NYC Coalition, Inc., and uh, we appreciate everything you're doing for the bus industry. Thank you very much, Ryan.